everyone, and welcome to another episode of What the Chell, your friendly neighborhood non-misogynistic hockey podcast. We are your hostesses. I'm Natalia. And I'm Haley. And we've made it to episode 16. We've made it one month from the trade deadline. We are talking all about some of our team's trades and some of the biggest trades around the league and how everyone's doing one month later. So we have a super packed episode, so we're just going to go ahead and jump right in with our news. All right, so starting off with the Bruins, they're just absolutely insane to no one's surprise. Nobody is (laughs) shocked at all. They set a new franchise record for points in a single season at 123 points, and that number just keeps climbing through the rest of the season. Um, Coach Jim Montgomery also set the record for most wins by a coach in his first season with 59 wins, and if they don't take the cup, I'm genuinely going to be shocked. At this point, we might as well just hand it over because they're thriving already. I feel like they're just going to take it and nobody's going to be surprised. Honestly, just not even have playoffs. Like, they they win. Yeah, just take (laughs) it. It's yours. (laughs) Um, In other playoff news, even more teams have clinched playoff spots. This list includes the Avs, Kings, Stars, Oilers, and Wild. Finally, some West Coast teams. Um, And in the East, we also have Tampa Bay clinching a playoff spot as well. Um, And the wild card race is getting very interesting um, with Mm -hmm. their win against the Sabres, as well as a regulation loss for the Penguins. The Panthers moved into the first wild card spot ahead of the Islanders. Eek. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. um, It'll be very, very interesting to see who locks down those two remaining spots and Y'all stay tuned to see if I actually have a team to root for in the playoffs this year because it's going to be a very, very tight race. I can sit back, relax, and enjoy the playoffs this year because I got no one to root for. That's (laughs) such a luxury. (laughs) Am I a little bit envious? Kinda. Eh, well, anyway, we'll see. (laughs) TBD. Um, As of this recording, an official announcement has not yet come out but it is highly likely, per NHL insider Jeff Merrick, that the league intends to send a pair of teams to play a game down under in Australia early next season. And it was revealed that the intended teams to play are the um, Kings and the Coyotes. (laughs) That's a choice. Uh, People on Twitter were saying that if it's true, the Coyotes should change their name to the Dingoes just for the night, which (laughs) I kind of (laughs) love. I feel like if they do that, then the Kings have to be the Kangaroos. The Kangaroos. The Kangaroos. <laughs> the Kangaroos and the Dingoes. Like, we need to go all out if we're going down under. Honestly, I, I love know. that. Should we plan, like, a class trip to Australia? Yes. We can go see Marnie play, too. <gasps> Marnie, if you're listening. Shout out to you, girl. Keep killing it. <laughs> um, yeah, I've always wanted to go to Australia, so I'm so down for that. Yeah, that'd be a, that'd be a good time. Um, rounding off our NHL news, you can also officially register for the Stanley Cup Bracket Challenge on the NHL website now. Um, we're definitely going to be sharing our brackets at some point and maybe doing like a playoff preview episode. Um, but we would love to see your brackets once they're all filled out. So um, head to the stories for our link and then send us your completed brackets because we definitely want to see them. Ooh, yeah. I'm excited about that. I think it'll be a lot of fun. Um, In some non-NHL news, heading over to the IIHF, the Team USA Women's World's Leadership Team was announced. Hillary Knight will be serving as captain, with Alex Carpenter, Megan Keller, and Lee Stecklin taking the spots as alternate captains. 
And the preliminary rounds of the IHF Women's Worlds actually began on Wednesday, April 5th. Um, so go ahead and tune into those. If you're in Canada, you can watch all of the games on TSN. And if you're in the States, you can all or you can watch all of the Team USA games on NHL Network. Um, so yeah, make sure you tune in, cheer these ladies on. I think it's going to be some very entertaining hockey and we're very excited to keep covering it. So yeah, we'll for sure. Happens. Our, uh, our girl, Sarah Nurse and Team Canada got a shutout win last night I love in the preliminaries. That. So that's awesome. Already killing the game to nobody's <laughs> surprise. <laughs> yeah, honestly. Um, okay, so we are going to jump into our trades one month later. We want to know how are the players who were traded at or right around the deadline doing about a month later. Obviously, we've kept tabs on some of them more than others, specifically the ones on our teams. But we thought it'd be fun and kind of check in, see what their play is looking like on their new teams. Did the trades work out? Are there obvious winners and losers? We just did a little bit of digging so that you don't have to. Um, starting off with the Islanders uh, with Pierre Ingval. He has five goals and three assists in 14 games played as an Islander, which is honestly pretty good. Yeah, not too shabby. Um, he had a slow start, but he seems to have found a really good spot on the second line with Brock Nelson and Kyle Palmieri. So he's been fun to watch, and I think he's going to continue to build that chemistry and grow with the team. Yeah, I mean, I think there's always some growing pains when it comes to adjusting to the Islander system. Um, but now that he has, I feel like he fits in pretty well. Um, the Islanders traded him for a third-round pick in the 2024 draft, so it's kind of hard to see what we lost to get him. Um, but I feel like what he's brought to the table so far has been really good. Um, I think he's also reached a career high with 17 goals this season. So it seems like the momentum he's gaining with the Islanders core will only really just propel him and continue to propel him to new heights, which I love to see. So hopefully we continue to see him thrive, whether the Islanders make it to the postseason or um, next season as well. Yeah. Um, I'm before I continue, I'm just going to address real quick, just in case the listeners can hear it. It is like severe thunderstorming outside <laughs> and the rain is pounding against my window. So if you guys hear a little background noise, it's just some ASMR rain sounds. Okay? Love that. Listen so to us just, before bed. <laughs> just ignore it. Anyway, moving on to uh, the trade that Nat has been paying the most attention to because she's definitely still... Not so slightly bitter about the fact <laughs> that uh, Anthony Beauvillier was traded. Um, so Bo Horvat versus Anthony Beauvillier, what we call the Bo 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 trade. Um, it seems to have worked out well. Uh, so far, Bo Horvat's impact has been, it hasn't been super apparent on the score sheet itself. In 26 games with the Isles, he's only tallied a total of six goals and five assists, which is, seems kind of meh on the surface. Yeah, I mean, I think if you weren't actually watching him play and you were just basing things off of points alone, you'd probably be like, yeah, the Canucks like took this by a long shot. But I have been watching each night, and I can definitely see that there are positives that Horvat brings to the table. Um, for example, I really like that his presence gives head coach Lane Lambert plenty of options when it comes to like different line combinations. Um, I also like that he seems to gel pretty well with anyone he's paired with. Um, which says a lot about his personal playing style. Um, and he's also been able to alter his play to fit the Islander system. Um, and he's done so pretty quickly, which I think is great to see. Yeah, he adjusts really well um, with anyone, but he was originally 
brought over to play with Matt Barzell, and he, he hasn't gotten to do much of that since Barzell's been out since February 18th, which was only two weeks after Horvat joined the Isles. I think they played like six, seven there, games yeah. together. Um, so it's not enough of a measuring stick to base things on. Yeah, um, I agree. But it'll I be th- interesting to see once Barzell comes back. Yeah, I mean, I think to me, Horvat's real test is really going to come if the Islanders do make it past the regular season. Um, like you said, like I, I really want to see what he can do with Barzell once he's back, but I also want to see how he can produce in the playoffs. Um, so in terms of who won the trade and whether or not the Islanders did, I don't think I can make that call without seeing that first. Yeah, and as for Beauvillier, it's apparent, very, very apparent, that he is fitting in so well with the Canucks. In 28 games, he already has gotten 19 points, which includes 9 goals and 10 assists. Pop off, And that's only one less assist than he had all season with the Islanders. So that really says something. Um, He's playing on the first line and is averaging about 17 minutes on the ice per night, which does obviously help his points, but he's looking incredible. That's my boy. I know. It's like, (laughs) oh, my baby, Um, he's killing it. That's my boy. That's my star. (laughs) Um, But yeah, beyond the fact that he's like outpacing Horvat on the score sheet itself, um, he's also playing alongside Elias Pettersson. Um, I've watched a couple games here and there, um, and Elias Patterson is absolutely thriving with Bo by his side. Um, he's scored 39 points since Horvat left. Wow. Um, so yeah, it's been really cool seeing that um, and like the impact that he's making on other players. And then it's also been really cool just watching him come into his own on the Canucks. Um, and I have a feeling he'll be sticking around there for a while if he continues to play this way. So we love that for him. Maybe Pedersen and Beauvillier will be the next, um, like, Ovi Backstrom. Like, oh, that'd be they'll so be the cool. next, like, dynamic duo. Would love to see As they get it. older. <laughs> My uncle would love to see that. He's just smiling. I can feel it. <laughs> um, the Islanders also lost Atiratu in this trade, but it's too soon to really tell what they lost. Um, he doesn't seem to be making a massive impact on the AHL affiliate team, but he's only 20, so he has plenty of room to grow. So... Really, time will tell. We need more time to kind of assess him before we make a judgment. Yeah, I mean, I think he's a young kid. He's got a lot of runway ahead of him. Um, yeah, it's always sure. hard to see with young talent what they're going to become, and you hope that they're going to be great. But I'm, I mean, there's no way of knowing at the moment. So time will yeah, tell. Yeah, exactly. Um, I think overall, in terms of the Islanders. I kind of hoped that they would do more at the deadline. Um, Obviously, Lou Lamarillo could have set the team up a little bit better for playoff success. And I know like a month ago, we weren't really sure whether or not they would have a serious shot at clinching a playoff spot. Um, And we're like still not really sure either way, but it would have been great if he had done something that could have prevented us all from like sitting on the edge of our seats for the next week or so. Um, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yeah. Um, obviously, like, Barzell should return soon. He's said to have started skating again. But um, his return just might not be enough. Um, especially since he and Horvat haven't really had time to build much chemistry. Um, 
The Islanders always look like a different team in the playoffs, in my opinion, but I'm not really sure that they'll make a deep run unless they can, like, really kick it up a notch. And um, some extra players would have definitely helped us out in that regard. But we'll see. Yeah. The Isles are kind of in the same boat as the Caps, where, like, you really need to, like, age your team down. Oh, yeah. Like, <laughs> oh, yeah. Speed it up, you know? <laughs> like, um, Anyway, that'll be exciting to watch if they make it into the playoffs. We'll see. Fingers TBD, crossed. <laughs> we're on the edge of our seats here. Might depend on tonight's game against Tampa. So by the time y'all are listening Oof. to this, you might have an answer that we don't have. <laughs> <laughs> okay, moving on to the Ducks. The Ducks initially traded with the Pittsburgh Penguins for Brock McGinn and a third-round pick in the 2024 draft in exchange for Dmitry Kulikov. Um, Kulikov was unfortunately sidelined with a lower body injury and landed a spot on the team's LTIR list on March 12th, which is only nine days after the deadline. He'd only played four games as a Penguin, and he got one assist during that time. So that's good, I guess. Yeah, I mean, I think the Pens obviously picked him up to bring some of that ever-important veteran presence to their defensive core, especially because they were trying to make a push for one of the wildcard spots. So it's a bummer that he didn't get to make that impact. Um, But their coach, Mike Sullivan, did say that um, Kulikov is progressing in his recovery. So we'll see what happens there. If they do end up making it past the regular season, hopefully um, he can make that impact that he was brought over to make. Yeah. And as for McGinn, he scored two goals and one assist in 14 games as a Duck so far. He hasn't done a whole lot, um, but he also plays for the Ducks. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, their season is winding down. So honestly, like we can't be too mad at it. We'll see what happens next season and kind of evaluate from there. Yeah, I like the way he fits so far. I think it'd be mm-hmm. nice to see him score <laughs> a little bit more. But um, yeah. It'd be nice to see a lot of ducks do that. So, yeah. Yeah, we'll leave it at that. Um, <laughs> as for the uh, Klingberg Nestorenko Suster trade, um, the ducks initially traded defenseman John Klingberg to the Minnesota Wild in exchange for Andre Suster and the rights to Nikita Nestorenko, as well as a 2025 fourth round pick. Uh, Klingberg has two goals and five assists in 12 games played with the Wild. The Wild picked him up hoping he could bring an offensive boost from the blue line, Mm -hmm. especially on their power play. Um, It seems like as he's continued to get comfortable, he's doing exactly what they hoped he would do. Yeah, he wasn't particularly thriving as a duck, which is probably why we didn't get a whole lot in exchange for him. So it's kind of nice to see him do well elsewhere. Um, We'll see what he can do to help the Wild in their playoff run, but I think they'll be glad they picked him up. Mm -hmm, For Um, sure. As for the return, Andre Suster has been um, reassigned to the Ducks AHL affiliate, the San Diego Goals, as of Tuesday. Um, But he predominantly played for the Wilds AHL team as well, so this isn't really surprising. Um, The most exciting bit to me is Nikita Nesterenko, and um, he actually signed a two-year entry-level contract with the Ducks since the deadline. Um, He's played six games so far and netted his first NHL goal. Love that for him um, against the Blues on March 25th. Um, he hasn't really made like a huge impact yet, but he's a kid. We'll see where yeah. he goes. Um, I'm really stoked to see what role he can play in the rebuild. And he'll be around for a couple of years, so we'll definitely have the chance to. Yeah, that'll be a lot of fun to see. I like him so far. So, yeah, you know, hoping cool for kid. the best. <laughs> yeah. 
All right, moving on to the Capitals, I'm going to talk for quite a while. Oh, yeah, this is all you, girl. <laughs> Natalia doesn't watch the Capitals at all. Sorry. It's fine. Anyway, so we traded or- uh, Dmitry Orlov and Garnet Hathaway to the Bruins for Craig Smith and a handful of selections. Um, by just looking at numbers alone, you wouldn't think Orlov is doing too hot with only three goals and a handful of assists since his pickup in February. But watching him on the ice tells a completely different story. Um, he's doing incredibly well on defense with the Bruins, and he seems to fit in really well with the team. He has a lot of depth and is fantastic on the penalty kill. And Boston fans seem really happy with him, too. I really hope he gets the chance to make another deep cup run this year or win again because he's a phenomenal player. And I think having a new team was kind of like a fresh start for him because he had kind of been bit lull and a kind of a lull on the caps so it's great to see him energized and and playing like he has before always love um, to see that yeah it's it's like sad to see good players go but it's great to see them thriving somewhere new definitely um as far as hathaway hathaway is a bottom six forward with the bruins and it kind of shows <laughs> um no offense garnet i love you you're great but with only three goals and one assist since his pickup in February, he's looked better. Um, maybe he just doesn't fit in well with or hasn't yet adapted to playing with his line mates because uh, that's definitely not the kind of play we were seeing in Washington. Um, I'm really sad to have lost him. I thought he was a really great player. But maybe he'll come into his own on the Bruins soon, especially if they head into the playoffs. I mean, they are, but especially as they head into the playoffs. Um and then as far as Craig Smith, uh, the Caps lost this trade deal big time. <laughs> um, maybe our picks that we got will, uh, you know, be better. But uh, Craig Smith already wasn't doing a whole lot in Boston with just 10 points on the season. Um, he's picked up a whopping three points since joining the Caps. All goals, though, which I guess is a plus, but mm, meh. Um, as far as our other trade, um, or some of our other trades, um, it was uh, Gustafson and Johansson. So it was kind of a three-team trade. So Caps traded Eric Gustafson and a 2023 first-round pick to the Leafs for Rasmus Sandin. And then Marcus Johansson was traded to the Wild for a 2024 third-round pick. Um, as far as Gustafson, um, mm, not much to say here. Um, he's had one assist in his seven games with the Leafs. To be fair, he wasn't doing a whole lot with the Caps either. I just liked him for no good reason, and I'm still <laughs> sad we traded him. Uh, but the Sandman, Rasmus Sandin, was an absolutely incredible pickup for the Caps. Um, we needed some stronger defense, and we needed some younger players, and we got both with Sandin. In his 14 games with the Caps so far, he's picked up 13 points, and on the ice, he looks incredibly quick and dynamic and is killing it on the assist. We are loving him here in D.C. so far. And I do really look forward to seeing him continue to build on the chemistry that he's already created with this team in just a handful of games. Like, that was a really good pickup. I'm very happy with him. Um, and then as far as Johansson, with 13 points and 15 games with the Wild... Marcus Johansson looks to be showing really great promise. Um, although he doesn't create a lot of goals himself, he's extremely helpful to have on the assist and makes a solid and reliable addition to whatever line he finds himself on. 
He's been playing on the second line with Erickson Eck and Boldy, and we know how hot Boldy is right now. So overall, you know, we were sad to see him go, but I'm really happy for him. Um, he seems to fit in really well with the Wild. And then finally, wrapping it up <laughs> with Lars Eller. Lars Eller was traded to the Avalanche for a 2025 second round pick. Okay, listen. <laughs> if I was a player and I got traded for just a pick, especially like a second round pick, it'd be over for me. Confident shot, absolutely devastated. <laughs> That's so sad. <laughs> like, I would feel so bad about myself. It's so sad, like, thinking about how all these players know what they're worth all of a sudden. It's like, yeah. here you go, bud. Here's some pucks in exchange for you. <laughs> like, Pretty that's much. so sad. Anyway, it was time for Eller to go, so I'm not mad about it. <laughs> he helped us win the cup and then kind of just faded away, I feel. Um... And in Colorado, okay, listen, pause. <laughs> Where are you I've going? Been told, I've been told that Colorado, like in Colorado, is actually pronounced Colorado. Hard no. No, apparently that's what they say in Colorado. Can we get someone from Colorado to confirm or deny this? Because I'm not buying it. That's what I've been told. And then I heard a, a commentator say it the other day. They Colorado? said Colorado Avalanche. Yes. That's so Canadian. It's very Canadian, but apparently that's how they say it. Anyway, so in that state where the Avalanche play, <laughs> uh, Lars is acting very Lars-ish and just kind of exists. That's a new um, word. <laughs> with just three goals and one assist in 17 games, he's looking like a bottom six forward. Maybe he'll pick it back up again after a longer adjustment period, but eh, we'll see. Yeah, um, you killed it. That was, <laughs> that was my cat's great. rant. <laughs> As for some other, like, notable players around the league, um, starting off with Timo Meyer, who's now in the Devils, um, he scored seven goals and three assists in 17 games with them so far, so it seems like the Devils got that top-line scoring winger that they've been looking for, which is fantastic for them. Um, with both Dawson Mercer and Jesper Bratt also finding the net a lot lately, too. I think they're looking like they're in pretty top shape for the playoffs. Yeah, so, for um, sure. Definitely a team I'm going to be watching as we progress into the playoffs as well. In terms of Jonathan Quick, who's now on the Vegas Golden Knights, um, he's had five wins and three losses in eight games with them so far. Pretty so-so record, but um, with Logan Thompson out, we'll very likely see him getting more starts as the Knights go into the playoffs. So we'll keep an eye on him, see how he's doing over there. But yeah. You can't be too mad to have some veteran presence for the playoffs, especially in terms oh, of goaltending. Yeah. For so. sure. Um, moving on to Patrick Kane. Needless to say, the Rangers were really excited to pick up Kane. Um, and with five goals and five assists since joining the team, he seems to be a pretty solid pickup. Though at 34, I do wonder how his game will age in the coming seasons. Um, as of this recording, he was also out day-to-day -day with a lower body injury. The head coach called it maintenance rather than an actual injury, so I guess they're resting him for the playoffs. So it'll be fun and interesting to watch him once he's back on the ice in playoffs. Yeah. Um, yeah. <clears throat> and then... Um, as far as Ryan O'Reilly, watch out. There's a Tim Hortons. <laughs> press the brakes. Oh, my um, gosh. Not press the brakes. <laughs> <laughs> if 
you have no idea what I'm talking about, look up Ryan O'Reilly, Tim Hortons. It's hilarious. Anyway, not a whole lot to say about O'Reilly because he's been injured since March, since March 4th. He was traded well before the deadline, so he played eight games with the Leafs and was looking decent with five points. Um, hopefully we'll get to see lots of him for the remainder of the season and into the playoffs um, because he started off looking pretty good with the Leafs right after his trade. Yeah, I think he'll fit in pretty well. We can see that he's already started to gel with that team, so it'll be interesting to see what he can do in the playoffs as well. Maybe he's the key. Maybe he's what's going to propel them into the second round. <laughs> we'll see what happens. We'll see. Aren't they playing the Lightning? Yeah. So, um, <laughs> not hopeful, but mm-hmm. maybe we'll get a little surprise. That would be fun, but not holding my breath. <laughs> Let's just hope Ryan O'Reilly goes on like a tear. <laughs> just <laughs> goes for it. Oh, goodness. Okay. That about well, moving that on. Up. Yeah. Yeah. Moving on to everyone's favorite segment. Can, Can I, I ask, ask you, you a question? A question? <laughs> All right. So we are going to take some questions out of the hat this week. We have the Washington Nationals hat because it's baseball season now. I don't oh. care, but I thought it was on brand. Love that. <laughs> you know. <laughs> All right. Let's see. Is that just a W on the front? Yes. That's all we got. Definitely no creativity. <laughs> Come on, I mean, baseball. Do better. Logo? No, I have The Washington Nationals logo just looks like the Walgreens W. Stop. You'll have to look it up once okay, we're done Okay, I'll look it up. Okay. Um, in your opinion, what is the worst part about hockey? The worst part? The worst part about hockey. Ooh. Which is a tough one because I love a lot of things about hockey. Um, I feel like the worst part about hockey is players who play dirty. Okay, that's fair. You know, I could call out some names right now. Jacob Truba, Jordan Bennington. Oh, okay. We're calling it out. Getting shady up in here. Yeah. Et cetera, et cetera. Players that just make dirty hits, that fight for no reason, that are constantly just trying to take other people down. It just, to me, it just like ruins like the integrity of the game and just is just kind of like, you're not in WWE SmackDown. Like, (laughs) please just play hockey and if you have a little scuffle fine but don't try to kill the man i agree i think if it's adding something to the game that's one thing but if you're just using the opportunity to get your aggression out like that's not (laughs) the place bestie it's not yeah i'll be honest with you um i think in my opinion what the worst part about hockey is is how expensive it is for young kids to play Mm, yeah Um, and i don't know if that's like a cop-out answer But I feel like it's such a fun sport to watch and so many kids grow up idolizing it. And like unless they come from families who have the financial stability to let them play it, like you can't. These these, like pieces of equipment cost so much money and then skating lessons cost a lot and then you have to factor in like travel of club teams. I think that's just like the one thing I'd point out. Yeah. You know, I genuinely had no idea how expensive hockey was until we were talking to Jake, who works at a yeah. hockey store. And he was telling me, like, how much goalie equipment costs and stuff. And I was like, holy cow. Like, yeah. I did not realize it cost thousands of dollars 
to, to play get equipment. Sport. Yeah. And then when you're when you're a kid, like you're growing out of yeah. stuff all the time. Like it's not a, like basketball where you can just pick up a basketball at Walmart and, and then just, you're like, playing the game. Yeah. Yeah. It's like it's wild. That's a that's a good one. That's honestly something we could probably like talk about for a whole episode. Definitely. Yeah. That's It'd be interesting crazy. to chat about that with like a parent or someone who yeah. really understands the like financial um I don't know what the word is. Like, impact? Yeah. Someone who understands the financial impact that hockey has. Yeah. Especially if you've got multiple kids growing up playing it. Oh, gosh. Like, Can you imagine how much Mama Hughes has spent in her life oh, girl. on those three boys? <laughs> Props to you, Mama Hughes. Hop on the podcast. Tell us about the financial impact. Please. Oh, my gosh. Can you imagine if we got a player's parent on this podcast? Player's parents, if you're listening and you want to hop on the podcast. Yeah, that's a good one. That is yeah. a good one. Yeah. Okay. I think that's the one I'd go with. Oh, do you do you want to tell them what Matt Barzell said the worst thing about hockey? Oh, was? Matt Barzell <laughs> said the worst thing about hockey is that um, the refs get in his way, which is a Matt Barzell <laughs> thing to say, of course. So funny. Okay. Next question. Oh, okay. This one comes from our good friend Lou. Shout out to Lou. We know you're listening. Listen to Late Arrivals Pod. <laughs> um, he asked us, what is the worst Taylor Swift song? Lou coming in with the tough questions. Yeah, right? Asking the hard-hitting stuff. <laughs> um, okay, I yeah, have an answer you're that... You're going to have to start with this one. I have I know answer your answer. immediately jumps to mind because I hate this song. Like, any time it comes hate on... It? I hate this song. I genuinely do. Anytime it comes on, I immediately skip it. When it was on the radio, I would, like, change the station. Well, we know which song you're going to be going to the bathroom during, during her set. (laughs) (laughs) Listen, I'm still going to sing it at the top of my lungs on tour, but (laughs) I don't love it. It's bad blood. It's annoying to me. Her, like, high-pitched vocals in the chorus. Wow, the hot takes. It's just... Maybe it's a hot take, but I, I don't know. I'm just not here for it. You know what? I will say that I it wasn't my favorite, but when she added Kendrick Lamar on for the remix, that changed the trajectory for me. Like, I okay. think I started to like that song yeah. way more when she added Kendrick's part to it. I like the remix. I'm not mad at the remix because it does add something a little different. It breaks up the kind of monotony of the song in my opinion totally fair um but yeah bad blood not a fan i know i'm i'm not gonna disagree with you <laughs> the only thing i will say is i highly recommend not screaming at the top of your lungs at era's tour to any um, song because your girl is still struggling um <laughs> so if y'all think i sound a little bit different and you hear a little like throat clearing here and there that's the post-Eras Tour ASMR that I'm giving you. <laughs> Still unwell. Okay. Oh, gosh. Okay. What's your least favorite song? Oh, gosh. Um, I think we're going to – I don't know if I'm going to offend some people with this one, but I think to me – Swifties get offended about anything. Sorry. That's true. <laughs> that's true. Coming from a Swiftie, that's true. Yeah. Um, I think it's got to be Teardrops on My Guitar. Yeah, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> Why? It's just whiny. It's whiny. It's like, it's mopey. It's 
her like lingering over some man who doesn't deserve her like let's do better you know okay but she was 16 or whatever okay, she there. didn't know that we've moved on from it we've written better <laughs> songs it's just not for me i change the station every time sorry Ugh, that hurts <laughs> i know oh well I, we all have our opinions even if they're wrong oh okay <laughs> damn I mean, there's I'm, a handful of other ones that I skip. Won't jokes, admit to jokes, which jokes. ones. Oh, okay. She's still the greatest songwriter of our time. Oh, absolutely. She's the greatest songwriter of all time, not just our time. Yes. All time. All time. We really need to have an off-season bonus episode where we just talk about Taylor Swift. <laughs> I agree. Maybe we'll talk about the Swiftification of the NHL at some point. Mm, because okay. it's real. It is. And it we is. love it. We're here for it. Um... Yeah. Okay. I feel like now we need to know Lou's favorite Taylor Swift song. So, Lou, if you're listening, we need to know. Yeah. I want to know everybody that's listening. Yeah. Message us your favorite Taylor Swift song and or your least favorite Taylor Swift song. And a question, please. Please. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Last question. All right. What country would you most like to see an NHL international game played in? Ooh. So we talked earlier about how they're going to Australia next season. So what other country might we like to see one in? Hmm. Personally, I feel like an ultimate hockey experience would be seeing a game in like a Nordic country, like Sweden. Yeah. Or- or um, Switzerland, or, you know, one of those countries, because it would just be, like, cold, and it's, like, the home of many hockey players, and I feel like it would just be, especially if it was an outdoor game with, like, the mountains or the snow, oh, like, it would be beautiful. I, I, would, I would highly consider traveling to that. You know, I second that, and you know it's a good idea because I would never voluntarily say that I want to go to a cold place <laughs> for any reason. <laughs> um, but yeah, I think that's a great idea. I think, like, selfishly, I think it'd be really cool to see a game in, like, the UK, like, in England, um, just solely because I love visiting there. Um, <laughs> I don't really know where else. But yeah, I think it'd be really cool to see, like, I'm going to just jump on your answer and steal it from you a little bit. I think it'd be really cool to see players play in their, like, hometown. Because I think that always adds an element of coolness. And families come, and then players always yeah. play better when their family's there. So. Aw, so cute. For the sake of wholesome moments, that's what I'm going with. Okay. Good answer. Sounds good. Yeah. I like that. That'd be. I would love to travel to an international game. I think that'd be so much fun. Yeah, I think it'd be really awesome. All right, moving on to our newer segment of What the Chell, Today in Hockey History. So we had originally planned on recording this episode on April 7th, but we decided to record a day early on April 6th. So our facts are actually for tomorrow in hockey history. (laughs) But we're going to tell you them anyway because they're pretty cool. Um, We have two pieces of fun hockey history to share. Uh, First off, as a Caps fan, I have to share that on April 7th, 2004, Coming off of their worst season in 26 years, the Capitals won the draft lottery and got to select first overall. And guess who they picked? Drum roll. None other 
than the Alexander Ovechkin changing the course of the Capitals team for good. Was a good day in Caps fan history. So sick. <laughs> and then on April 7th, 1928, throwing it way back. Way back. <laughs> the New York Rangers and the Montreal Maroons were facing off in the Stanley Cup Finals when Rangers goaltender Lauren Chabot? I think it's Lauren Chabot. Did I really Americanize that? I think. I think so. Nobody's surprised that we have issues with names. <laughs> the 1928 Rangers goaltender. <laughs> Perfect. Was injured. The Maroons, in very poor taste, would not let the Rangers use a goaltender from the stands or bring someone up from the minor leagues. So, Coach Lester Patrick took matters into his own hands and stepped in as goaltender, helping lead the Rangers to an OT victory and letting them go up 2-0 in the series. Can you imagine, like, not letting them play their, like, any other goaltender, like the E-Bug, and then still losing? <laughs> like, that's, that's so bad. Karma is my boyfriend. Karma is a god. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, they have a Swifty coded um, team name. Name. Yeah. You think I you could expect better from them? Honestly, can you imagine, like, your coach? Like, can you imagine, like, Dallas Akins stepping in as <laughs> Dusting off the gloves. I got it, guys. <laughs> it's literally, like, put me in coach. Yeah. But, like, you put in the coach. <laughs> <laughs> that's so wild i love that they won too like oh yeah that's, them. that's so awesome i'm so curious if they won that series yeah wait i'll look it up real quick why don't i'll okay. look it up while you read our number three star okay um our number three star this week is connor murphy of the chicago blackhawks he made a lifelong fans night on tuesday because not only did he throw her a puck but he also gave her a stick um Normally, that wouldn't make the cut here, but um, it was the most heartwarming thing we've seen all week because um, during warm-ups, a woman had a sign that said that she's been a fan for 63 years and that she's watching the Hawks play live for the very first time. Um, she was super emotional and she was tearing up before she even got, like, before the players were even on the ice. Um, and then she looked so happy when she received the puck and then he like put the cherry on top with a stick and she was like super emotional cheesing from ear to ear so wholesome so so cute Um, oh i just love that so much yeah we you guys know we love to see sweet player interactions like this but yeah this was so well deserved um girls put in her time yeah for sure um so I think she should share the third star with Connor Murphy because that's dedication. Like, we've said it once and we'll say it again. Female hockey fans go hard. Yeah. I'm so happy for her. Like, oh, it was so sweet. We'll throw up the video on our stories. I wish I so knew her name cute. so we could, like, shout her out. But um, props love to it. her. We love her. The Just looked it up. The Rangers did win the 1928 Stanley Cup Finals. Love that. Absolutely incredible. <laughs> Amazing. Okay. Karma is real, folks. It sure is. Okay, moving on to our number two star, Nick Dowd of the Washington Capitals and his wife Paige created an initiative called Dowd's Crowd. Dowd's cute. Crowd allows... I know, it's so cute. <laughs> rhyme Dowd's Crowd allows children with sensory needs to experience NHL games in person. 
Uh, Paige was a former autism therapist and has a background in speech pathology, which kind of inspired this initiative. The initiative provides sensory kits to help reduce overwhelm at games. Um, the kits include headphones, glasses, crayons, hand wipes, a fidget toy, tissues, and a popcorn voucher. Um, and they also personally invite fans to games and host fundraisers for D.C. public schools. And a lot of other teams have also adopted this um, sensory kit idea fr- kind of from Dowd's crowd. So that's really, really cool and great to make that. hockey more inclusive. Yeah. I actually noticed the other day when I um, went to Allegiant Stadium for the Taylor Swift concert that they have like a um, like overstimulation room where people can go in. Um, oh, that's awesome. Yeah. And I was like, that's such a cool idea. Like I'd never seen that before, but that's so important and it makes sports in general and events like that more inclusive because um, yeah. everybody else, everybody should be able to enjoy them. So yeah, I think it's exactly. so important. Very, very cool. And um, our number one star of the week, to nobody's surprise, is Jason (laughs) Robertson from the Dallas Stars. Um, He had the first 100-point season in Dallas Stars history, as well as for the first time in his career. Wow. Amazing. (laughs) He's killing it this season. Um, He was also the first player of Filipino descent to reach 100 points in the NHL, um, which we absolutely love to see. Um, It's so great to see players with diverse backgrounds thriving in this league Um, yeah keeping in mind the fact that he's literally only played two full seasons in the nhl so far and i'd imagine this is only the beginning of his success as a player so um we've said it so many times on this podcast but representation matters so much to young players with big dreams um and this just makes me so excited to see and um and think about all of the kids that he's paving the way for so just so awesome Uh. he's just so adorable and he's so (laughs) talented and it's just so so cool to see him just absolutely killing it like he is up there in the hundred point crowd he is up there with some amazing talent as such a young player which is just oh i love that Haley's undying love for jason robertson is continuing (laughs) this week (laughs) oh he's just the cutest he's so precious we love him And he's a great player, which makes it even better. Yeah, like, if you have, like, a good personality and you're a good hockey player, like, hello. We love you. You're awesome. (laughs) (laughs) I don't think anybody is shocked about that statement. No, No, I don't think so either. (laughs) (laughs) All right, that about wraps it up for this week's episode of What the Chell. We hope you had as much fun listening as we had recording. Um, As always... Like we say every single week, please subscribe on whatever podcast app you're listening on and please give us a rating. And if you're on Apple, write us a review. We love, love, love reading reviews. We love hearing from you guys. So it makes our day and it helps boost us in the algorithm so more people can hear What the Chell. Also, follow us everywhere on social media at What the Chell Pod. We love to talk to you guys. We love interacting with you. So come find us over there. And... I think that's about it. Have a great week. Send us questions. Oh, yeah, that too. And your favorite Taylor Swift song. Yes. (laughs) Don't come for us for our least favorite song opinions either. (laughs) We love Taylor Swift. Her music is amazing. We don't want angry Swifties in our DMs. Yeah. Anyways. Nice interactions only. Okay. Thank you. (laughs) All right.
We love you guys so much. Thank you so much for listening. And we will talk at you next week. Bye. Bye.